all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. <laughs> oh, I just love that beautiful Spanish accent from our beautiful fiance, Christina Princess Nemofu. Oh, I just love that accent. Beautiful. Thank you, baby, for that introduction. Thank you. And the beautiful sound of a child. You probably say, why do I always play those? Those are my introductions even going into this year. Welcome, everyone to 2023. God bless you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for letting me see another day. Let me start off with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you once again for getting me through another year, for blessing me to see another year here in 2023. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your love. And I thank you for your spiritual blessings that you have poured upon me and within me, Father. The spiritual blessings are so much more important to me than physical and financial blessings, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for all the I went through mentally, I just thank you. Father, I pray for the ones this new year that listens to my podcast, that they got something out of it, they got some understanding, even of the mistakes that I have made, Lord. Lord, I pray that they will be strong and they can continue to listen and get closer to you. First of all, salvation, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Your desire for every man and every woman, your main will for every is for every man and every woman to be saved. Your scriptures correctly says every man to be saved and then come into the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. Thank you, Jesus. My topic, what I want to talk about, this is the first show that I will be doing, and you know that here in 2023. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me say another year. I make no resolutions. I just, like I said, in 2022, ending then, uh, 31st of December, I don't plan, the things that I'm going to plan on doing is getting my show out there more because I kind of slacked up on that and, uh, you know, uh, somewhat promoting my show, not for financial gain, but for spiritual gain for the hearers to be saved. That's the most important thing I want to do this year is get the word of God more out there, get, get, get more information out there that people are not getting from 
the mainstream media news and et cetera, stuff like that, talk about different topics, the other side of different topics and subjects like that, the mainstream media news. But also, I'm going to get into more on this show or this podcast, more into not Bible study, but Bible teaching in a way that my listeners that's not saved can understand the Bible basics. Now, why do I say that? Because I have a Bible teaching, a Bible study program, another podcast called Connecting the Dots. It's strictly Bible study. It's it's strictly Bible study. It teaches you how to understand the Bible or how to study the Bible, the Word of God, rightly divided. So, if you are saved or you just got saved this new new year, congratulations. That's the best decision you can make in your life. That's the best decision you can make in your life is salvation because that's the number one thing that God wants for any man or woman is to be saved. Okay? So that's the best decision. Whether it's it's over financial, a new job, or new promotion, or whatever, salvation, your eternal security is set now. Okay? So congratulations for the ones that got saved. And if you got saved, you have wanna you wanna uh leave a comment, please leave a comment. I hope hopefully I can get more comments uh on both of my shows, you know, just to know who you are, just to know who's listening to my show and what what do you think about what I talk about, or you have any ideas or what you disagree with. So, you know, as long as like I always say, as long as you keep it clean or whatever like that, because I don't allow no profanity uh verbal or in written word on my show. So this is a clean show. We try to keep it clean. We can have fun and be funny without and disagree without the cussing and the name calling. I'm not into all that, okay? All right. I, you know, when I, when I want this topic I wanted to talk about, I didn't know if I wanted to do this on Body of Christ Real Talk, you know, or I wanted to do it on Connecting the Dots. Excuse me. The sinus thing. Why do it happen when I get to talking? It was fine. Okay, all right. Now I ain't going to get into my sinus skin. You ought to know me. If I make these crazy sounds, this is for the newbies. The newbies that just tuned into my podcast, Body of Christ Real Talk, WBOCRTW1964. If you just tuning in, I have sinus issues. So you might see, not blowing my nose. I don't do that. You know, I have more respect than that. But my, I get clogged up. So you might hear this sound, those crazy sounds, which, you know, it runs in my family. We've been doing that for years, but it's a sinus issue. So I don't I don't openly try to be gross or disrespectful on this show. It's just that I have sinus issues. And what's mainly when I start the talking, I get congested and I get clogged. OK, clogged up. All right. So uh, forgive me for that. If you hear me making those sounds, those those weird. It might grow some people out, but I don't mean any harm with that. I don't do it purposely. It just happens. Okay. All right. And I will work on that. Okay. What I'm going to talk about today is maybe something I might let you hear later on, but I, when I do a show, did I finish off what I was going to say on Connecting the Dots? But I'll get back to that. But when I do, when I do a show or I talk about a topic, or an event, 
or a subject pertaining to the Bible. I try to not to get into downing or putting another man of God down or woman of God or whatever, et cetera, down or calling them names or calling them false preachers or calling them false teachers. I try to be very careful with that. That does not mean that there are false preachers or false teachers out there. It is, okay, because there are. And I try not to get into that show. And reason being, I don't feel that's in my calling. That's not me. I'm not in. I can do that. And that's why I do it once in a while, very little. If it's, I feel if if it is if it's for, I will talk about a certain minister. When I mean talk about, I will present a certain minister on my show that I'm I disagree with, and I will tell you why. They either have they either have some real bad doctrine, so bad, and then they do it purposely. Then I will call them a false teacher. Even when it comes to prophecy, they start prophesying. You know, I got a problem when everybody saying the Holy Spirit told me this, God told me this. I have an issue with a person that says that a lot. Now, to call them a false prophet, I have to know their motive. And uh, and if they don't correct themselves or whatever like that, it has to be lined up with the word of God because that's how I go by my interpretation and it has to be the Bible interpretation of how I look at someone as being a false preacher or a false teacher. I said earlier, and I, I often put emphasis on this because emphasis on this because we disagree in certain areas or approaches does not make them a false teacher or a false preacher. Okay. Prophecy is a different thing because I know the gift of prophecy is not in works today. It's not in the works today. But I'm just talking about teaching. Some people would disagree with me will tell, okay, but you deal with God in the Bible on that. Teaching and preaching. If we disagree on certain approaches or somewhat doctrine or whatever like that, you know, I, I don't call them a false teacher or a false preacher. Now, if they preaching another gospel that's contrary to the way to be saved today, that's been, that's supposed to be preached today by the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul's gospel. And I'm explaining that why. And if they don't know that and, and they get talked to, just say for instance, I, I hear you say, what is the way to get saved? How do you approach a person when they wanted to get saved? Blah, blah, blah. If they come in a certain way and they start talking about the kingdom or they need to stop doing this and they need to repent of their sins and blah, 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 did not try and love to explain to them by scripture of the gospel today. Why? I won't get dogmatic on it because they might not know that they're preaching a kingdom gospel when it comes to repenting, being baptized in water and blah, blah, blah. Then I will approach them. Now, if they see the scriptures when I show you the scriptures. This is not my opinion. I'm showing you scriptures. I'm showing you verses and the word of God. If I show you these verses in the word of God, you see that and you still, and it's very simple and well, I can say it might not be simple to you because tradition blinds out even saying things simple when you entered, uh, uh, you've been bogged down in the denominational traditional church. So it's not going to be simple for everybody because it's simple to me. So I, I respect you for that. But if I just explain to you the differences of the gospel, what you are saying for people to get saved, it's not the gospel for today. It's true. 
It's a true gospel, but it's not the gospel for the day. And then I uh, introduce you to First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, the gospel for the day, you know, and you see that, you know, and you just say, well, I think this way, I think this way. Okay, that's, I leave it at that. And I show you because I know it's not easy for people to change what they've been believing <clears throat> or been taught for years in a regular traditional denominational church because I've been there, you know. So that's the way I approach that. That doesn't that does not make that person a false teacher. See, but Paul is very strict and very hard when it comes to a person preaching another gospel according to the book of Galatians <clears throat> another gospel now I have new a new listeners listening to me so I'm going to try to be as simple as I can gospel means good news I'm talking about the gospel of salvation people use gospel interchangeably but I'm using it pertaining to salvation how to be saved because there's different ways people talk about to be saved if it's not scriptural it's another gospel. And if I present it to you and present the book of Galatians, what Paul says about that, I, I might not have time to explain why I think you what you are teaching is wrong. But if we can get together or I can send you some verses, because you do a lot of people do a lot of things virtual and et cetera, and YouTube and Zoom, whatever. If we can do it that way, are you willing to listen and whatever like that? And then we can just talk about it. I'm not into all that debating. When I feel a debating come over something simple like the gospel, I, I, I'm a, I don't want no part of that. See, I showed it. I presented it. You don't have to go to every other verse in Scripture and the Bible to show me what this what Peter said about this, what Jesus' earthly ministry said about this, etc., you know, to prove to me that I'm wrong after I show you the gospel for the day. And I show you the difference between the kingdom gospel and the gospel of the grace of God today. And I, I explained the two programs, the two different dispensations. I explained it to you. I don't, I don't expect you to understand it 100%. But I will explain to you in a simple way. See, when it comes to the gospel, the way to be saved today, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the grace of God, how to be saved today, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, I can't leave it at that when it comes to another saved person. I'm talking to another saved person, maybe an unbeliever, but another saved person. Why? Because I'm I'm going against tradition now. They're, they're going to want to hit different verses, different scriptures, and they're going to want to see, they say they want to, they might say they want, they want to see more. Then I have to go through a whole new verse by verse teaching and whatever like that to show them. Just say, for instance, if they're willing to do that, I'm willing to do that and they still come to their own conclusion, then I have an issue with that. Okay? Say, so Joe, who do you think you are? How do you know your God, what you think the love the gospel of salvation is? I find that the reason I believe the gospel of salvation today is believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ is because I understand the differences in the dispensation that was revealed to Paul. I understand the different programs. See, usually, and I'm going to get to what I want to talk about. Usually, when you have a differences in the gospel or differences in the doctrine, 
it's not a word of a God issue because usually both of us are wrong unless you're just really misinterpreting. Both of us are right, excuse me. It's usually a rightly divided or dispensational problem. You understand what I'm saying? I don't expect that somebody just tuning in understanding what I'm saying. Okay, dispensation is just, it's a, di- it's a program. It's a different administration problem. It's a different thing that's going on now than it used to be. You know, there are two different programs. Different means what? Difference does not mean the same. Let me say that again. Something that's different does not mean the same. The same means the same. Different means different. So when it's different programs, that's what I mean by dispensation. Different things dispense. You have different administrations. You know, uh, Joe Biden's administration is different than the uh Donald Trump's administration, they have different type of ways they do things. Those You could use that as an example as a different administration, a different program, or a different dispensation. Okay, this, had, this, how, this is how you must interpret the Bible, the Word of God, rightly divided. People don't like, do not like to hear that word dispensation a lot. I do not like, but I think it's misplaced. And I think it's misused by a lot of grace teachers. And that's why I try to explain. And I try to more, I try to say things more like rightly dividing the word of God. Then dispensation, if I use it, I try to explain. Dispensation is nothing occultic. It's nothing mysterious. Okay. Okay. Another thing, a person. Okay. Let me, before I get into that, let me, let me explain why I'm talking about this. Like again, once again, I'm glad you all are tuning in. Happy New Year 2023, my first 251st topic, subject on this show. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Okay, okay, I got it, got it, got it, got it, got you. Love, much love. Thank you, thank you. Okay, the reason I'm talking about this, and I'm opening it up with this, this is not the uh, topic I wanted to open up with. I wanted to talk about something else. But this been in my face. And and what I mean by that, I, I, I search the, uh, when I'm on my phone. And sometimes, you know how you get on the phone, which is not a good thing. I'm not advising nobody to do this. You just search it and search it and look. And sometimes you don't even know what you're looking for. you just on the phone because you're bored. You know, you're bored. You're bored. I might look for this. I might be looking what's happening and blah, blah. And I'm just strolling, 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 strolling all through my phone. And uh, and I might see, I, it's this minister, this YouTube minister. His name is Alan Parr. And he teaches on different things, different subjects and whatever like that. I, I think his background used to be the same as mine, word of faith and all that. But I don't know where he stands as far as being the traditional Calvinist or sensationist or dispensationist, you know, or covenant theology. I don't think he's none of those, but he, he gets it in some way. OK, that's another teaching in itself. But. Uh, his name is Alan Parr. If you've never heard of Alan Parr, look him up on YouTube. He's a, he's a pretty good teacher, pretty clear, pretty good teacher. Okay, teacher on YouTube. And there's quite a few of them out there, but I don't I don't I don't subscribe to them because they are not 
teachers that I subscribe to, I have my own, you know, certain ones that, that I listen to and I get my learning from. Okay. Well, anyway, I, he, I just happened to run into his YouTube and he was talking about, first of all, five of the uh, pastors that inspired him in his life. Now, you should just, that's, that was very good. I enjoyed that. Five, uh, five pastors that inspired him in his life. Now, believe it or not, some people have more and some people have less. Me, I have really, I don't have, I can't think of five right off the bat, but I can think of three, especially two. Five ministers or pastors. Now, when 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 I want you, when you have your five pastors has really inspired you, you have to be honest with yourself because your pastor might not be on that list. And you must be honest. That does not mean your pastor does not teach the word of God. It does not mean your pastor do, don't touch you in certain ways. But he just not might not be the one on your list. And that's okay. Long as you hear the word of God. Long as you get expired. Now we're talking about expired. Now, why do I say it like that? Because even though these pastors inspired me, it doesn't mean that everything they said was correct. Okay, I want to get that clear. But they inspired me in a way to even want to study the God's Word. Let's put it this way. They inspired me in a sense to look at God's Word more closely and to study God's Word. And though the, the, the pastors that inspired me then are pastors from the past, not today. Excuse me, because I have other inspirational ministers and teachers, you know, that are not pastors that inspired me today. But my past uh, pastors, uh, I think a lot of us have that really inspired us. When I look for a pastor that's, that inspired me, I look for a pastor that made me really get into the word of God even more. It, it, that, that person, without even knowing, influenced me to study the Bible more. You understand what I'm saying? So those are my, when I look at pastor, pastors that inspired me. I have pastors that touched me with their wisdom and their love. Now, I'm not talking about what they taught so much, but their humbleness and their realness. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world. But the pastors that really inspired me, you know, I have at least three. Now, I listen to a lot of ministers, but I'm not saying they're better than nobody else or they're doctrinally 
doctrinally correct more than anyone else, but they have inspired me in this way. They they inspired me in a way that made me really get into the Word of God. Now, I'm not saying that Alan Parra said that. They might have inspired him in another way, but I'm talking about me. When it comes to inspiration, how did your pastors in the past inspire you? Mine inspired me by by uh, helping me and teaching me how to get in the word of God even more, to study, to pay attention, to understand passages. And you think about this. Uh, you have your favorite pastors. They could be even for today. Those same pastors are not my uh, favorite pastors today. Now, I don't mean because they're bad. It's just me. Because I, since I've been, you know, I have learned how to rightly divide God's word and different things like that correctly. I have found out that a lot of the teachings that I heard was not correct, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or it was uh, it became a disagreement. I seen things differently and I understood when I learned how to rightly divide. So I don't listen to a lot of those pastors anymore, not because they're not good pastors. They still teach a lot of good stuff. It's just when it comes to certain doctrine. And Alan Parr said that one time, you don't call a, first, a person a bad pastor or a, a false teacher because you learn something now and you disagree. You just take out the meat off the bone that helps you and the other stuff you throw it away and that makes sense that makes sense you take the meat off the bone that helps you from these pastors and ministers and teachers and the rest of it you throw it away even if somebody listening to me if you find something and you and it's lined up with the word of God and if I say something you disagree go with what you know for what I said that's correct you know vice versa so that was a good thing that Alan Parr said well anyway he was naming his five pastors, and it, it don't matter to me what his five but pastors was, but one of them, one of the pastors, and I'm sure a lot of you probably heard of him, was on his list. Which, is, But he wasn't saying these are the pastors in that order, that this pastor's one, two, three, like you putting it on a one to five. No, he wasn't doing that. He just naming them out. Now, I respect that. One of the pastors is one of my favorites as well, Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley touched me, inspired me more than any man of God. I still believe this man is a man of God today. And I love him till today, still today. Charles Stanley in Touch Ministries. Good teacher, good teacher. I advise you to check him out. He's, he's a good, outstanding teacher. But since I matured and how to rightly divide God's word, I understand the two programs. I can see some error now. Not saying that I'm better, you know, but I can see some error. But that does not mean he's not a man of God or he's a good teacher. He's an outstanding teacher. He's most definitely not a false teacher. Well, anyway, Charles Stanley was one of them. He was on my list. And I thought about another one, Adrian Rogers. See, these all, these pastors touched me in the, in the, uh, only the 90s when I moved away from, uh, Chicago the first time went to Mobile, Alabama. I got inspired when I first got saved through my brother, first of all, when he talked to me about salvation, he introduced me to Charles Stanley. My brother Tony, my oldest brother, introduced me to Charles Stanley. And ever since, I was a Charles Stanley follower. Now, I used to, before but Charles Stanley, I, I, I laid on, I started getting into the word of faith of Kenneth Hagin. But Kenneth Hagin, even though I liked his teaching then, you know, 
because I was in that Word of Faith movement, Charles Stanley was still my number one teacher and that inspired me, Charles Stanley. His down-to-earth, humble way and his strong message was Charles Stanley. And then Adrian Rogers, they laid on down the line, Dr. David Jeremiah. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of guys. It's a lot of good ministers out there. Don't get me wrong. You know, I just can't name all of them. But these are past inspirations. These are past pastors that inspired me. And I even go back and I started going back and listening to some of the old messages and start taking out the meat that uh, that lines up with the word of God and the bone. The rest of them, I just throw it away. But I, they are worth listening to in my book. That's me, Charles Stanley, Adrian Rogers, and Dr. David Jeremiah. Those three in that order. Okay. I don't know if Charles Stanley retired or not or whatever. Okay. Say, Joe, where are you going with this? Okay, well, I'm going with this. When he was talking about that, all right. But it was another program he talked about, you know, be careful when you call people false teachers and false preachers. You know, and I see, and I said, well, I'm see what he's talking about. You know, everything I see on YouTube, I don't talk about on my show because that's not my thing. I try to come up with some, some meat and stuff myself. I try to talk about things that's relevant for salvation or events that's going around or whatever like that. Not to look at who's teaching false this and false or whatever like that, unless it's really something that this person has said that I think I need to get out there, like I done with Jesse Duplantis. I need I I felt compelled to expose him because he was he was all the way out there. So that's why I done Jenny Jesse Duplantis. I also done a debate with Alan Parr when Alan Parr was talking about Mike Todd and uh, Marcus Rogers on the difference when they got to talking about tongues. I thought that was something needed to talk about, but usually I don't. You know, because that, that that's just not me. I don't I don't get into that. I don't have the patience for that. But. You know, if a debate come up, it just it has to come up. Somebody called me and said we could we need to debate. When they mentioned debate, I said no, I'm not into that. But if you say let's talk about something, yeah, let's talk. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't take invitations for debates or whatever like that. If it happens, then it ain't because it was pre-planned. It just happened because I'm gonna stand up for the faith. I'm gonna stand up to the truth. You know, and then it just happened to become a debate, not because I made a plan for it because I don't go there. Okay. Well, anyway. He was talking about, uh, yes, certain, well, I think how many was, nine teachers that people call false teachers. This is Alan Parr's show. He had uh, his, the subject on nine teachers that many people call false teachers. And, uh, and, and, the, and the thing about that, you know, I say, oh, this is interesting. And I, I take it as a grain of salt because I already got in my mind everybody that people call a false teacher, false preacher is not a false teacher, false preacher. You have some that stands out like a sore thumb, yes. But a lot of people that say somebody's a false teacher or false preacher usually is because they have a, 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 a doctrinal differences or they just don't agree. So to a lot of people, they call them false, which I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with that at all. So I went out and par on that to an extent. I don't agree with that at all. So that's, that's a good teaching he was doing on that. But I already felt that way. Be careful who you call a false preacher, false teacher. You know, and you do have some ministers out there. All they do, their whole, I'm not going to say all, so let me be careful. Most of their sermons, if you can call it that, it's about somebody else that's 
living wrong or somebody else that's doing this or somebody else that's teaching the wrong thing or somebody else different or culture or whatever like that. And that's a lot of these sermons that's about that for each his own that's on them. But somewhere you got to get the gospel in there. I'm not saying that they don't let on. The gospel gets to get up in there because people go do what they do. People go believe what they believe. But when you start pointing out everybody's sin, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. But that's my opinion. Okay, well, anyway. Nine people he had on there. And believe it or not, you even think Charles Stanley, people think Charles Stanley is a false teacher, teaching that he showed. And I'm going to tell you why people need to be careful, other Christians or other believers need to be careful when they call certain ministers, pastors, or whatever, false teachers or preachers, if it's only a doctrinal or if it's only a certain belief differences. Jesus is the core. The gospel of salvation is the core. But even you're going to have people disagree about salvation, you know, or just say, for instance, let me give you an example. And then I'm going to get back to Charles Stanley. Now I'm going to get back to what I, why, why did I go here? And I think it needs to be talked about. <laughs> the ones that believed that Charles Stanley that Alapar brought this up, uh, you know, brought this out. The majority of people believe that Charles, the ones that believe that Charles Stanley is a false teacher, it's a doctrinal difference. And what is that doctrinal difference? Assurance of salvation. Charles Stanley believed, as some people might call it, once saved, always saved. Charles Stanley believed that you cannot lose your salvation once you are a believer. Charles Stanley believes in the assurance of salvation. You have some other people that don't agree with that. They believe that you can lose your salvation. They have their scriptures to back it up. Charles has his and, and whatever. They believe that you can lose your salvation. They believe this. They believe that. So since they disagree with Charles on that or, or anyone that uh, believes in assurance of salvation, including myself, they are labeled as a false teacher. That's the problem. See, that's the problem. Don't call nobody a false teacher because you have somewhat of a di different doctrinal view on the word of God. Let the scriptures talk for themselves and go for them. Don't call no one a false teacher, false preacher. That was the point of that YouTube by Island Parr. And I always said to myself, yeah, be careful when you call somebody false. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 
preacher. Now, there is false preachers and there are false teachers out there. And I can name a few, but that ain't what I'm going to get into now. And one of them was Jesse Duplantis. Jesse Duplantis, to me, is a false teacher. He's a false teacher, but I'm not going to get into it. That's not, that's, I'm not getting into that name because I can name many more, not because of so much difference of doctrinal. It's just how they said the Bible said this, and it's not in the Bible. That's the issue. At least the ones that you uh, disagree with, they, they believe what they say in the Bible is true. But these people make up all kind of allegories and spiritualizing the Bible and throwing fake stories out there for another reason. Besides Jesus is for themselves, you know, and they just Jesus and the death out of the word. And they know they're doing it. You know, and they, and, they, and they know it's false doctrine. I really believe they do, but it's for a gain. Those are automatically false preachers or false teachers. Now, whether Jesse Duplantis or Kevin Copeland know they're doing it or not, I don't know. But I believe they're deceived. They might be even possessed. Now, don't quote me on that because I'm not saying that. Sometimes Kevin Copeland looks like he's possessed, but, <laughs> but that's my opinion. And I heard others say that as well, even unsaved people. You know, but anyway, that's what I, you know, I wanted to get with that with Alipar. Why I'm going to talk about what I'm talking about now. And another one was on there was Andy Stanley. Now, Andy Stanley is the son of Charles Stanley, one of my favorite inspired pastors in the past. Charles Stanley. Andy Stanley is the son. I never really listened to a lot of Andy Stanley's teaching. And preaching. I, I really never have. Now, some of these names you probably never heard of, you know, but the, Charles Stanley, but Andy Stanley, he got his own church in Georgia. I think it's called, it's a community church in Georgia, and uh, as well as uh, In Touch Ministries that's in Georgia. But Andy Stanley, he started off from what I heard, you know, with Charles Stanley uh, ministry for 10 years, but on the long run, they had a disagreement. And so that happens sometimes with father and son. You have a disagreement. Sometimes your disagreement it has to do with the word of God. I'm not talking about because you backslide, you went out to the world. I'm just talking about you have a diff disagreement with the word of God. That's okay. Now, the disagreement with Charles Stanley and Andy Stanley was doctrinal. Okay? It's doctrinal. Now, I used to hear a lot of things about Andy Stanley, and I am I, I, I'm guilty and I apologize because I didn't give him a chance because I'm so much into Charles Stanley. Man, if you disagree and say something contrary to Charles Stanley, he got to be going left field. So, I'm going to tell you what I was wrong on. And, uh, you know, when I used to hear, listen carefully, and this is very important. I, I want you all to remember this. Any minister that you hear from what somebody else said about them, whether it was good or bad, please do your due diligence and check them out yourself. Don't just agree and go with the majority, okay? of what somebody said about a minister. And I'm just keeping it biblical about ministers now or a believer or whatever like that, rather a friend that's teaching the Bible, preaching the Bible. It's easy to get caught, especially social media. It's easy 
and I made a mistake doing this. It's easy to get caught up at what somebody else said about another minister's son or daughter or whatever like that. Because you so and caught up and you love the pastor and now all of a sudden you hear the child leave or they stepped down or they left the church. The same thing went on with the prices, Fred Price and his son. But I'm going to get into that. I just disagree with both of them. But if the son or the daughter branched off and got their own church and started their own church and then they start teaching at their own church, it's nothing wrong with that. But what what messes us up or what messed me up, I got caught into what people said that off the bat Andy Stanley was teaching a false doctrine. I listened to, and like I said, I never listened to Andy Stanley a lot. Just like I, when I started off listening to Joe, Joe Osteen, you know, he inspired me with his energy at first. But later on down the line, just seeing blah, blah, I, I start seeing the change, whatever like that. But this is not even by Joel Osteen. What I'm saying is, this has got to do with the Stanleys. Charles Stanley's son and Andy Stanley. I started hearing that Andy Stanley teaches false doctrine. I started hearing different things about Andy Stanley and what he teaches, whatever like that. So what was going on in my mind, man? What is he teaching? And I, I, was, I started getting things in my mind. Is he, think, is, he, is he teaching same-sex marriage? Is he teaching this or whatever like that? Or he's one of those churches that just allow anything and preaches only love and everybody needs to love each other and everybody going to heaven. I was going that way because I was wondering, what is Andy Stanley teaching? And they used to say, man, Charles Stanley, and I'm sure he blah, 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 whatever like that because I didn't know they really had a fiction. They didn't speak to each other for a while until Andy Stanley had a personal interview with Charles Stanley that I, I should have looked at. I'm going to look at that, you know. But anyway, Andy Stanley, uh, even if you look up Andy Stanley today, you will find a lot of negative things from different people they, they say about what Andy Stanley teaches. Is he's a false teacher. Some of them even false. He's a heretic. He's a false teacher. Andy Stanley was on Alan Parr's list, not Alan Parr's personal list. He just uh, put down what people called as a false teacher. Then he gave his opinion. What do he think they're a false teacher or not? You know, and I think that's fair. I do the same thing. Let me just hear it and let me see what they got to say. Well, anyway. I started hearing a lot of negative things about Andy Stanley. I didn't even bother listening to Andy Stanley. I didn't even give Andy Stanley a chance because, man, you know, he's Andy Stanley. If he's not teaching the same thing as Charles Stanley, he must be teaching false doctrine. I got caught up in that. And Lord forgive me for that. I got caught up in that. Now, I ain't saying Andy Stanley's still teaching the right thing, but I'm going to get, get you to my point. Okay, I'm going to give him a chance, and I'm going to tell you why. And when I start saying, okay, okay, what's this about Andy Stanley? What made me search more about what's this thing and what do Andy, Andy Stanley cheat, uh, teach? I start seeing clips. They were showing. The era of when somebody show you a clip of somebody saying something, you're not getting the whole picture. That's easy to use that person as a straw man. A straw man means that you are talking about somebody, what they believe in, and, and you putting your opinion or you feel this is what they're teaching, and they, they they are not there to defend themselves. That's a straw man. 
And sometimes we use people as a straw man without seeing them or personally talking to them ourselves. What we misquote them, or we might we might be correct, but person still a person just like in court need their say because sometimes we can misinterpret what they are saying, even though even they might even explain, okay, I should have said it better, and they didn't mean what you thought they meant. Well, anyway, Andy is always used as a straw man, often used as a straw man of what he teaches or what he's saying. See, you could say things about people, what they're doing, and this is what they're teaching, and be and uh, you might be somewhat correct, but you could be somewhat wrong, because you never talk to that person, you never listen to that person's full message. Why? Because you're so caught up in what you believe or your traditional belief, you can't see another way of looking at things or approaches, which Andy talks about in approach. Okay, I know I'm going all around about, but this is very important for the young believers or even listeners. You know, well, anyway, I just said, let me, let me see. They showed a few clips of Andy Stanley and the knock on Andy Stanley, what I'm finding out, and this is new to me because I just prejudged him and didn't even give him a chance. And I should know better than that. The knock on Andy Stanley is he don't believe the Old Testament has nothing to do with us today. <laughs> okay. That's one of them. But the knock on him is he believes they, the knock on him is that people think Andy Stanley is being accused of throwing out the whole Old Testament and believing only the New Testament was going on specifically you know this teaching of some Jesus teaching of Paul's teachings or whatever like that that's the knock on him he's saying get rid of the Old Testament and the Old Testament is not relevant for today and we ought to live in the New Testament now notice what I am saying I'm not agreeing notice what I'm saying Old Testament New Testament Old Testament New Testament. That's the first problem. And I'm going to tell you why I said that's the first problem. Because the majority of churchgoers and believers look at the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Old law is for Israel. New Testament or covenant is for the church. That's basically how the majority of the churchgoers and even some in the body of Christ and believers look at the Bible. And you and the, and that's our issue right there. That's the problem. That's the problem. You know what I'm going to get into right now. I know this is going long. I'm going to try to hurry up and long. Hurry it along. What a way to open up the new year. It's not nothing bad. It's not nothing bad about what. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each. You'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, 
Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world. What I'm going to talk about, you know, let me turn this back on so I can get this guy's name right that's, that I'm going to get into that's somewhat debated, Andy Stanley. And I think this somewhat conversation needs to be talked about because it changed my outlook the way I looked at Andy Stanley. Uh, I never really paid attention to, okay, I'm not going to be able to find it. It's uh, his full doctrine about salvation and, you know, how to be saved and what do you feel about this? I, I don't know his stand. I don't know his creed. I don't know his faith statement. Is this the same as Charles Stanley? I don't think so. But I don't know his stand on faith. What is Because I believe every church denomination and some independents have a faith statement on what they stand on or what they believe in. The whole church usually do. Most independent churches don't. You have different type of faith coming in those and they just go along and get along and get along and go along, whatever. But a lot of denominational church have somewhat of a faith statement. Denominational church. That's what brings in a traditional beliefs or whatever like that. You know, whether you're Calvinist, whether you're covenant theology, whether you're dispensationalist, whether you're cessationist, whether you're uh, Lord salvation beliefs, those, uh, you know, you know, whatever like that. You know, they have a statement of faith. You know, Lutheran, Calvinist, Pentecostal, all of them have a statement of faith. You know, replacement theology. You know. That's the, that's the church believing that there is real today and all the promises of Israel for the church today. See, a lot of churches got their own statement of faith. So I don't know what Andy stands on statement of faith about how people should be saved today or nothing like that and, and signs and gifts and wonders and teachings and doctrines and stuff like that. I don't know that, you know, so I, it's hard for me to prejudge them, you know, to judge them in a sense. But the main to me, what I see the main hit on Andy Stanley, Charles Stanley's son, that many ministers or so-called teachers, high and low, knock on uh, Andy Stanley is his take on the Old Testament and New Testament. Many believe Andy Stanley, this is how they will say, Andy Stanley don't believe that we should be teaching out of the Old Testament. Andy Stanley don't, he believe we shouldn't be reading the Old Testament. Andy Stanley don't believe in the beginning of Genesis. That's what I heard. So I want to, I want to find out more about that. What, what, what they mean by that. Andy Stanley don't believe in the beginning of Genesis. He don't believe in all that. That's what people say. And when you hear this, say, what? When I heard that, that made my antennas go up. What, uh, what do you mean he don't believe in Genesis? I can understand the Old Testament. He don't believe in Genesis. Okay. Now, before I go any further, if I'm looking at this in a denominational church way, Old Testament and New Testament, and then you hear that he don't believe in the beginning of Genesis, that kind of touched me right there. So, well, yeah, that is an issue. That is a problem. You know, Genesis. I had no proof. I just heard people say that. And then they say he don't believe in the Old Testament. Now, I'd have put two or two together. When they said the Old Testament, they're looking at Genesis all the way down through, you know, the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. That's how most denominations look at the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. 
So I caught myself and said, I said, first of all, Genesis is not Old Testament. It's time past, but it's not Old Testament. The Old Covenant, Old Testament didn't start until between Exodus 19 and Exodus 24. But that's the way, this is what helps you when you understand how to rightly divide. So when you hear a person say, well, Anthony Stanley don't believe in the beginning of Genesis. What do you mean he don't believe in the beginning of Genesis? What, creation and nothing, all that? When you leave it at that, you say, yeah, he has a problem. This man ain't safe if you don't believe in Genesis, if you leave it at that. And you go with the so-called crowd. I say, yeah, that is an issue. And he don't believe in the Old Testament. He believes you need to throw the Old Testament out. Now, these are words he might have said, but you didn't. he didn't mean it that way. The approach is very important. People could take some of what you said and just, oh, man, call you a false teacher. You didn't have nothing. Okay, my point is, when they said that, I said, okay, I know what they mean by the Old Testament. They're they looking at Genesis to Malachi. You know, the Old Testament to start to Exodus. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Some do. But the Old Testament, if you read the Bible correctly, rightly divided, you will know the Old Testament don't start until the time of Moses between Exodus 19, 24, etc. You can look at that and read that yourself. It don't start in Genesis. Genesis is the beginning. Exodus is the beginning of the law, but going into the law. So, but I have to look at it as most uh, predominantly denominations look at the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. Okay, I explained that and connected the dots and what, you know, what the difference between that. So I had to break that down. I had to rightly divide it. I said, I know, okay, but I'm stuck on Genesis. You don't believe in Genesis? And I'm still looking that up myself. Why do they say that? So I'm giving them a chance because a lot of things people say to somebody, a false teacher, is because they misunderstood them or they didn't get, they, did, they misunderstood them or he didn't explain himself right. It could be either or or both. Okay. All right. So anyway, they said Andy Stanley. They showed some clips of Andy Stanley talking about, you know, we we should be thinking about no Old Testament and blah, 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 blah. Did he say that or not? I don't know. But if, if when I listen to him, I get I get what he's saying. I get what he was saying. And they were saying that. So if you hear a person, you in a denominational church or even some independent church, full gospel, whatever. If you are in, the, in an independent or uh, a denominational church or a non-denomination, and you look at the Bible as always Old Testament and New Testament when it comes to the church. Old Testament, Israel, law. New Testament is the church. That's also called somewhat like replacement theology. You believe that the church today is Israel today. That's, so you look at the whole New Testament as the church. The Old Testament as the law, Israel. The majority of the churches know they don't live by the law or whatever like that, but they believe the New Testament is the church. So old and new is how a lot of denominations, churches look at the Bible. They was taught that way. That's how the Bible is was made when man separated old and new. 
So we was traditionally brought up that way from years and years ago that when people start making the Bibles, you know, not the original manuscripts, but, you know, the canon and uh, the scrolls and all that. But when they made the Bible, they made it old and new. They put the red letters and Jesus in there, all of that man done that. So many people today still look at the Bible as the Old and New Testament. Genesis to Malachi is the Old Testament, which is incorrect. The Old Testament started in Exodus, if you look at it right correctly, which God wants us to do that. And the New Testament. Now, let's get into the New Testament. The New Testament, they believe, is the church. Okay? It's the church. <clears throat> and that's not true. That's your why? That's not true. Okay? Like I said before, a lot of you don't understand this. I'm going to... Uh, uh, you want to hear some more information on that? Good. Go to Connected the Dots, but I'm just talking to the believers. Old Testament... Starting in Exodus, the law of the covenants, and the New Testament, those covenants and programs are for Israel only, not the church, not the body of Christ. But I'm going to get, I'm not going to get into that now. You know, that'll get you more confused to the listeners that don't understand the Bible. Okay. So anyway, the knock on Andy Stanley was they believe that he don't read the Old Testament or he just don't think nothing is good in the Old Testament. We shouldn't listen to nothing in the Old Testament. We should just throw it out. If that's true, then yes, he's wrong. He's false. He's a false teacher because he know what his dad teaches. He knows about how Charles Stanley teaches. And I believe he's a young man that does done his own study, whatever like that. If he believed on the basis of that, yes, he's a false teacher. You just can't throw the under. The best way to understand the so-called New Testament as people look at it, is understanding the Old Testament. Okay? So, that was a knock on Andy Stanley. And I seen some of his clips. I said, okay. But within me, and the way I am, I said, I got to hear people's story. I got to hear what they really teach. One of them, uh, he wrote a book called something, you know, and uh, People looked at his book and they kind of knocked this book because they think he just discredited and he just saying throughout the Old Testament we should follow the New Testament. That brought a red flag with me right there. I can see well the, what what a misunderstanding is happening. I, 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 I man, thank God for knowing how to rightly divide God's word. You you can catch the misunderstanding why people have a misunderstanding what Andy Stanley is saying, even though he's not, he don't get it all, he's close. He's very close of correcting God's words right. And I'm not saying I'm better than Andy Stanley, though I know more. But tradition is hard, man. So when a person that's not educated understands how to rightly divide, you know more about the word of God than a theologian, because a theologian is caught up in tradition. Old and New Testament. So when you learn how to rightly divide five, six years old, you can't hardly read. You know more spiritual about the word of God than a theologian. That's why these BBDs, BADs, these doctors don't mean nothing in the eyes of God. A lot of them are still ignorant, ignorant when it comes how to rightly divide God's word. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm better, and I know I'm not as educated as hell. And I know I don't speak as well as him, but that's not a true, that's, that don't get, that don't, being smarter, being more educated, having a doctorate degree or even went to some type of Christian college, 
you could still be ignorant of the word of God if you don't rightly divide it. That's why I understand the word of God is simple to a little layman. God made it simple. Satan confused it and made it seem like it was so hard. You have to master it. You have to be a theologian. Well, anyway, that's, that's not what I want to get a bit get to. The reason I said this, I don't want nobody thinking that I'm saying I know all this. But one thing I believe and I go by is rightly divided. And by me learning how to rightly divide by the ones that taught me what I learned myself, I seen what a lot of the error was happening while Andy Stanley was getting knocked. Now, Andy Stanley went had a debate that I checked out. I postponed it yesterday, but I checked out today. Well, I forget his name. He's apologetic. Both of them apologetics. What I'm looking more to that, but I hate these names. You know, they're apologetics, defenders of the Bible, you know, whatever like that. This guy named Jeff Durbin, I don't know if you heard with him, was debating Andy Stanley. Uh, evidently he has a different I think I think he's a Calvinist, and Calvinists get a certain way to what they believe. Their statement of faith, the five points, whatever that means, a lot of nonsense. But anyway, I wasn't looking at that. I was giving both the both of them a chance. But at the same time, in my flesh, I was still saying to myself, man, Andy Stanley ain't got a chance because he probably is preach, preaching false doctrine if you don't believe in the Old Testament, not that, in, in Genesis. You know, so I don't know too much about Jeff Durbin either. Well, but what I like to do, I like to give people a chance. And I like to hear what they say out their own mouth, not what nobody else said. Because what a lot of people sometimes say about somebody that's a false teacher, false preacher, is because it's a it's a doctrinal problem. It's a rightly dividing problem. It's an Old and New Testament problem. You Most of the time, it's an Old and New Testament problem. Had they been taught in their church, whatever, it's usually always an Old and New Testament problem. And uh, so they was on there. And it's hard to just explain because I don't like to misinterpret or miss, you know, say what somebody that didn't say, but they got into, they were, they was very professional. Thank God for that. They was acknowledged each other as brothers. Thank God for that. And they was going back at it, whatever like that. And, and I could see the frustration on both of their face, but they was professional. The frustration on Andy's face because this guy kept misunderstanding what he was saying. He wasn't, he was not getting, and I caught that. I caught that. Andy Stanley was just letting them know, I believe in the Old Testament. I read the Old, he said, I teach out of the Old Testament. You know, blah, blah, blah. But Andy Stanley's point was, he just don't think the Old Testament is for the church today. Jeff Durbin think a lot of the laws are for today. See, that's the difference. That was easy for me to pick out. I said, oh, I see what the issue is. It ain't that Andy Stanley. Now, I got to look into more about the Genesis things, but if if I'm correct, it ain't that Andy Stanley don't believe in the Old Testament. He just don't think the Old Testament applies to the church today, and the church to him today is the New Testament. I'm going to go back on that. You know, it's the New Testament. If you believe this is the New Testament church, New Testament church, most people look at the New Testament church let me, let me give you a heads up so you can understand when I, when I have most churches. Not myself, but most churches I used to, but I used to too. But I, after I learned how to rightly divide, I don't know more. 
and uh, rightfully so. Both churches, and probably you too, look at the New Testament church, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew is the beginning of the New Testament church. Most churches been taught that. Am I correct? Most churches believe Matthew is the beginning of the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans, the letters of Paul, even Hebrews, James, John, they believe all that is the New Testament. Everything that's at the Malachi is the New Testament. Most churches believe, all the way to Revelation. Some. So that's how they look at the New Testament church. The New Testament church is Matthew all the way to some people to Revelation. Some people have called on and see that it's not, you know, but, you know, but a lot of churches believe the New Testament is Matthew to Revelation. So they put everything together in a, in a bucket. And they believe the New Testament church is not, you know, Israel's gone. They don't really believe that Israel is in the picture now. So, they believe that the New Testament church is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts, all Apostle Paul letters, Peter, James, John, and all that and everything like that. You know, first and second John, you know, you know, first and second Timothy, blah, 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 the revelation. They believe those books are the New Testament. Okay. The Old Testament is Genesis to Malachi. That's how they look at, that's how a lot of denominational churches mostly look at the Bible. So you see where I'm going. So the, the debate was basically on Old and New Testament. Now, this is the issue, according to Jeff Durbin and a lot of others have with Andy Stanley, because they don't understand what he's trying to go. He don't really got a, a full grasp on dispensations and rightly divided either, but he's close. He's very close. He's got the right idea what's going on. What do you mean by that, Joe? Okay. Andy Stanley, and I apologize to him, and I, like I said, I need to look at more of his doctrine. I don't have to. I don't have to critique Andy. You know, that's for him or God. But for for uh, fairness, let me just put it that way, to the ones that knocks him, I, I get it now. And he might have said things the wrong way. I think he understands that because he's, what he teaches is not even what Charles Stanley teaches when it comes to the Old and New Testament. Because Charles Stanley uses both. Both as the way I broke down how people, most denominations look at the Old Testament. That's the way Charles Stanley uses it. See? So he used a lot. He understands the pistols of Paul. I'm sure he does. You can understand certain things, but you still teach in a traditional type of way. That's the problem. You're still teaching the traditional type of way. So the problem when you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, Old Testament is the law, New Testament is, you know, for the church today, they so entwined together, you believe a lot of the things in the Old Testament still applies to the church. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, Andy Stanley's issue, which is very simple the way I look at it now, is they just believe he don't follow the, follow the Old Testament or he believes the Old Testament is not for today, for the church today. He calls it the New Testament church. I'm quoting him. He calls it the New 
Testament church. This is going longer than what I thought. I hope you get something out of this, though, because it's going to help the ones that's listening, especially younger believers and some old believers. And so that's the pitch. You got to understand that when people have these debates or misunderstanding, they're looking at the Old and New Testament. If you believe when you listen to certain ministers, when you listen to them, I can name a few, the way they minister and teach and preach the word of God, you notice they understand the body of Christ. They understand to an extent, not many of them, the concepts of the New Testament. A lot of them don't. A lot of them don't. And they understand that. But the problem is they understand this is the difference between law and grace as well. They understand that. A lot of ministers understand there's a difference between law and grace. Well, they don't understand the fullness of it. Why? Because it's almost like to ignore the epistles of Paul's teachings. Since Joe, I knew you was going to go there. I have to go there because what Andy Stanley, even though he might not know this and maybe he do, I don't know Andy Stanley. He's in the right direction. He's having the same issues that I will have or anybody that's called a dispensationalist or a rightly divider. Mainly a dispensationalist because they misabuse their name. Currently, it does get abused. He will have the same. He's having the same issue that I have. He has the same issue that Trey Cersei had or Les Felder or Ron Knight or Richard Jordan, anyone that teaches that we are not under the law today, we are going to have issues and call heretics because they misunderstand what we are saying. They they think we are saying that we shouldn't listen to nothing in the Old Testament or just chopping the Bible out, throwing the Old Testament out, the prophets out. So Andy Stanley is having the same issue, even though he's not a dispensationalist or believe in mid because there's different types of way of dispensation. You got the mid-ex, you got the ones, you got the pre all on there. I'm not going to get into all that. But just dispensation just means you're separating the Bible uh, different times that God used people in a different way. That's all that means. So Andy got it correct. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday to those who visit mickey d's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee give this mickey d's brew a second chance the glow up was real try any size iced coffee brewed with 100 arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m and pair it with a savory sausage mcmuffin with egg for 279 prices and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Brett, what he doesn't have a correct in is Old and New Testament. And the issue with both Jeff Durbin and Andy Stanley is the mystery. Paul's mystery. That's the issue. 
I'm not going to teach you on that because a lot of you don't know what I'm talking about. If you read Ephesians, especially the King James Bible, you'll notice what Paul mentions a mystery, which means secret. Paul mentions in Galatians, what was taught to him was never revealed to no one else but him. So the ministry of Paul is not New Testament. The ministry of Paul is not Old Testament. The ministry of Paul was a secret. It's called a mystery. That's what they're having issues with. So that's why I say between Jeff Durbin and uh, Andy Stanley, who's closer to the truth? Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley is. He gets it now. He gets it that there's something wrong. If we're not under the law, according to Paul, why do I keep going back, bringing the law back when we're not under the law? Some people don't take Paul's words literally. They don't take it as scripture, some of them, because they read the same scriptures that I read, maybe Andy and others, that tells us that we're not under the grace. The revelation of the mystery what Paul teaches and what we supposed to teach it was a secret only revealed to the Apostle Paul. The words when it comes to the body of Christ. And I noticed neither Jeff Durbin or Andy Stanley mentioned the body of Christ. Andy Stanley mentioned Paul. Jeff Durbin mentioned Paul out of context. See? But no one mentioned the mystery. No, no one mentioned the body of Christ. They mentioned the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They got into all the base, mainly Jeff Durbin, about the resurrection or whatever. And Paul, Andy Stanley asked him a simple question is, would there be a Bible if Jesus didn't resurrect? It might not be simple to learn. And uh, Jeff Durbin, which frustrated me, I almost sounded like a politician. He started going all around, like a lot of people, when they don't understand, they start going to scriptures and they don't get what they be going to ain't got nothing to do with the question you just asked. So they just like, what they call that? Rolling and going around a question. See, because they can't answer it. See? You look at it this way, when Andy uh, asked that question, you have to go back. If the, Jesus wasn't resurrected, Andy Stanley said, would there be a Bible? The purpose of having the word of God is what? If you only had the Old Testament. See, first of all, the Old Testament, all that had to be done because of the beginning of time when Adam sinned. See, God had to maneuver and make ways in the, you know, through Abraham, then the law came and the promises and stuff like that. But he always had in his mind it was going to have to be through Jesus. From the beginning of time, it was about Jesus. Remember that. It's about Jesus. The Old Testament going into the New Testament, which which is after the death of Jesus Christ. That's when the New Testament comes apart, after the death, not before. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the New Testament. It's still Old Testament. It's when Jesus died that started the New Testament, New Covenant, whatever you want to call it. Okay? It's all about Jesus. 
death, burial, resurrection, period, the resurrection. All prophecies, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, the, the, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Moses, all of them prophesies about Jesus. Okay? So when Anley Stanley asked that question, if Jesus didn't resurrect, would there be a Bible? And you answer that yourself. If Jesus didn't resurrect, would there be a Bible? There really would be no need for the word of God today because salvation only comes through Jesus and his resurrection. So Jeff Derby, Durbin couldn't understand that. Which uh, when Andy asked that, he caught me off guard, but I understand, wait, well, I understand what he's saying. If there was no res if Jesus was never resurrected, Paul even said that without the resurrection, what he's preaching in this, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, his salvation is all in vain. All of this that we are doing or what was done is in vain if Jesus wasn't resurrected. All that prophecy we made about Jesus and he wasn't resurrected, all the stuff we do now is in vain. So ain't no sense of finishing up the Bible, ain't no sense of having the Bible. So correct. If it wasn't for the resurrection of Christ, there would be no need for no Bible because Jesus is the word. His resurrection is all about salvation, bringing people back to himself. God himself. So when Charles Stanley asked uh, uh, Durbin that, he caught Durbin. Durbin was going all around back to the Old Testament trying to make his point. But I seen right through that, man. He, he made me confused to a point. And I said, man, you know, when you try to bring the law into the body of Christ. Andy Stanley says the New Testament, but he's incorrect on that. It's into the grace. When you try to bring the law, let me put it this way, into grace, you're going to have some issues because they don't mix. Somebody's not right. Jesus is a liar or Paul is a liar or God is a liar. When you try to bring the law into grace, the body of Christ, None of them talked about the body of Christ. Paul's epistles get ignored quite a bit. Why? Because Satan is a mastermind. He don't want you to know about the revelation of the mystery. He got food. People don't want to hear that I will walk today and I will do these somewhat today. Not a commandment. It's the teachings of Paul out of Romans through Philemon. The letters of Paul. That does not mean you ignore the Old Testament because some of the things in the Old Testament, not the law, is just universal, not on a law standard, not on a covenant standard because we're not under no law. The law was only for Israel. So Jeff Durbin, the one who was debating Andy Stanley, I don't even know if Andy Stanley got there. He just got fed up and just said, well, blah, 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 blah. He wasn't defending himself too well because I guess he just got frustrated. I don't know. <clears throat> Both of them did. Uh, Jeff Durbin, the way I see, I don't want to accuse him of nothing. I think a lot of his traditional Calvinism and this bringing up of traditional teachings and wording and Greek and Hebrew blinds him from the difference between the law and grace. He he just did not, he, he wasn't getting it. He, he would be quoting Paul's letter because Paul quoted some of the scriptures. He take that as Paul was saying, we're in the law. We could use some of the law. 
he ignored that Paul was using examples when you go back to the scriptures. Not saying you need to do this. Well, Paul talked about marriage in Romans 7. He wasn't telling you that's what marriage is supposed to be today. Well, Paul was making an example of the church in the book of Ephesians, which, which they hit on, and both of them missed it. It was about an example of Jesus and the church. What church? The body of Christ. It wasn't about the law or nothing like that or what we should be doing today, but he was just, or, you know, the whatever. He was making an example of the body. His example of trying to explain how Jesus is to the church and vice versa and stuff like that. That was his more of his point than explaining a marriage. Now, the way about a marriage was correct, but his main point was the church and him. The body of Christ. Marriage. That, that's, that, that's the gist of Ephesians. So, I see the issue with that. I'm going to go with that. You know, it takes a lot of explaining to do. But when I see, I looked at Andy standing on May, he still needs some work. You know, why? Because both of them still, to me, don't seem like they got it when it comes to the revelation of the mystery. Because that was right there for both of them to speak up, even the host. None of them was talking about Paul and his revealed mystery that was only revealed to him. See, it's a dispensational issue. That's what the problem is with uh, Jeff, Ta- Jeff what's his name? I forget. Well, anyway, I go say the name. The Andy Stan- Stanley and the guy, the Burton guy that he was debating. Rightly dividing is the issue with uh, the guy that he was debating. Andy Stanley got it pretty good. He got it pretty good, not close enough. And that's probably why he has issues with Charles Stanley. I don't know. Because Charles Stanley probably do still just look at the Bible as Old Testament and New Testament. But he teaches a lot out of uh, letters of Paul, so I know Charles Stanley knows that. But if you're looking at yourself as a New Testament church, you're going to go back a lot to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and 1 John, 2 John, not so much the Old Testament a lot. But you understand we're not under the law. But when you believe that the church, the New Testament church, is the body of Christ, you're going to always go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're going to go to 1 2 Peter. You're going to go to those scriptures, which those scriptures was for Israel. It was under the kingdom program. They are not the body of Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, for an example, that's the kingdom. All right? Hebrews is talking to who? Hebrews, self-explanatory. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday first second third and john and saint john to israel james self-explanatory to israel peter first and second peter to israel see they even made a quote when peter said you know when he was handing the mantle over to paul in somewhat in that way that some of the things that paul teaches is you know it's hard to understand the guy misquoted that why it was misunderstood, and this is what I believe, it was misunderstood because Paul's message is not the same as Peter's message. 
they understood it now because Paul explained them to them, but their message was not the same. That's why it was still, it was misunderstood and what Peter called it, the scriptures. Okay, he called it the scriptures. Okay, I wanted to get that through right there. I know this took a very long time on the first day of New Year's, <laughs> but there, I felt that I needed to talk about and I needed to apologize to Andy Stanley. Not saying his, all his doctrine is correct, mine is not, but you need to understand the basis of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection for salvation. Okay? And you need to know the difference between prophecy and mystery, which I don't think a lot of those guys really got. They didn't understand that. Prophecy and mystery. The body of Christ was a hidden secret. It was only revealed to Paul. It was hidden in God and Jesus from the beginning of time, even before creation. God knew this was going to happen. He knew Israel was going to be disobedient. He knew he was going to be ushering, you know, to the body of Christ. They got into it. Well, the guy tried to say, well, what did Paul do? He was still teaching in the synagogues or whatever like that. Uh, I think Jeff, this guy tucked that ass. Paul was going and teaching the law. Paul was going into the synagogues. From what I read out the Bible, God, the reason the Apostle Paul was going into the synagogues first was to convince the Jews that Jesus was their coming king, their Messiah. He didn't teach that to the Gentiles. He taught. That's why he went into the Jewish synagogues. They had to believe. He had to believe that Jesus was their Messiah. The guy tried to say, well, this and that about Paul. Paul knew Jesus. No, Paul didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah until later when he got knocked off that horse. Then he understood that he was persecuting their promised Messiah. He believed there was one coming. He just didn't believe it was Jesus. See the confusion? See? Paul wasn't gung-ho. Why did Paul persecute the church before he got saved? He persecuted what? Why? Because of their belief of saying Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus rose again. Not for salvation, but they had a problem with Jesus being rose again. Not because of salvation, like Paul to the Gentiles, they all they preached the death, burial, resurrection for an indictment against the Jews, because they crucified their Messiah. The Jews crucified their King, and their King is their promised Messiah, and He rose again. He raised again. This was after the cross, but it wasn't. They wasn't preaching it for salvation to be saved. They were still under the kingdom program. They went to the, so when Paul got saved under grace, he blasphemed. Blasphemed, he cannot get no forgiveness. So Paul, all the way Paul got forgiven because he got saved under grace in Acts 9. So when God told Paul to go out there to the Gentiles, Paul went to the Jews and he was trying to talk to them to convince them that Jesus was their Messiah because many still wouldn't accept Jesus as their Messiah King. He wasn't preaching the grace of God and the death, burial, resurrection for salvation to the Jews. He only taught that to the nations, the Gentiles. Makes it getting me more confused. But my point is, that's the confusion in a lot of these debates, Old and New Testament, and they leave out the mystery. They leave out Paul's real meaning, why Paul came down. What is the real reason Paul went out to the Gentiles, and what was Paul teaching? 
Galatians is very plain about we're not under the law. Paul said, let an angel or anyone that ever preaches another gospel, let them be accursed. Paul broke down many times that we're not under the law. Paul breaks down that in Romans. Why is all that ignored through this uh, this apologetic Jeff guy? They so caught up in traditions and the law, they can't let it go. That's why traditions are so dangerous. Okay, bad traditions anyway. I'm going to stop right there. But my point is, I can see a lot of why Jeff... Uh, Andy Stanley is having a lot of issues when it comes to the Old Testament. He might not explain it right. And again, I don't know. He has the same issues that I have. I would have. I throw my podcast out there. I know a lot of people say, man, what's your teaching? You don't preach the Old Testament thing with blah, 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 blah. I know that. Just like he knows that. But he gets it. And the more you get it, the more people are going to knock you because they're going to say you you saying don't read the Old Testament. You're going to say, the, you, 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 you know, the Old Testament is not for us today. Now, well, that's correct. The Old Testament is not for us today when it comes to the law. That don't mean we don't go back and read it. It's a history book for us to read and understand. We need to read all the Bible, period. Andy Stanley was saying that. But the guy was putting things in his mouth and, you know, when you that's why I say it's very dangerous when you say you, you disagree with somebody, what they believe and use them as a straw man. And you never heard the teaching. You never really heard them clearly. You just disagree. So you call them a false teacher because you disagree. That's wrong. Give them a chance. Talk to them. Stop looking for an audience that agree with you. I hate when people that have somebody and they only debate you in their church. They only really debate you in their church or in their platforms because they got their little amen corners there. And I don't need no amen corner. Man, you could just talk with nobody there. God is there. I don't need nobody to agree to disagree. It makes you feel better. But God is there because I can look at your face and your expressions and everything. I ain't, look, I ain't, ain't no amen corners and no hallelujah. You right about that or blah, 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 blah. It's just me and you. See? I'm not going to let you over-talk me or nothing like that. It's just me and you. I ain't getting no amen because you sound louder or you talk louder or use a lot of big words or you get into Hebrew and Greek. Come on, man. That oppress people. That don't oppress me because you still, Greek changes so much, man, you everywhere. If you can't answer a question, I can understand explaining a question, but when you just everywhere, you always got to go through other scriptures. You didn't even answer that scripture. You just quoted out. That tells me, man, you don't know what you're talking about. You've been traditionally doctrinated. This is Joseph Brownlee. Food for thought. I apologize to Andy Stanley. I got to listen to more of what he's what he's teaching and what's the real big deal with him and Charles Stanley. Ain't nothing I got to do. it. If I ever don't find out, it's okay. You know, but Charles Stanley is one of my aspiring teachers. And I can see if that's the reason they differ because of Old Testament and New Testament, I can understand why now. Because that's a slippery slope when you get into that, that we're not. Some people take some things, they know we're not under the law, but they still try to use some things out of the law to justify the means. And then they got a problem with Old and New Testament. They don't understand that purposely or out of ignorance. I don't know. 
All right. God bless you all. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. I hope you got something out of this. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Be careful. Be careful. Before you start knocking or judging somebody being a false teacher, including me. Read and study the Bible yourself. Okay. I'm going to leave you with this. The way to be saved today is through the teachings of Paul. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Very simple. Read those scriptures. I quote them a lot, but I want you to read it from 1-4 yourself. Don't just listen to me. Go back and read the scriptures yourself. Don't give me to hold your hand. You don't need me to hold your hand. Read them yourself. Study to show thyself approved a workman that needs not be in the shame, rightly divided the word of the truth, word of truth. We need to learn. Go back. First Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. That's the way to be saved. Believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Really believe that. Not just saying it. You believe it by receiving it. And you will be saved. There's only one way to go to heaven. If he's preaching a kingdom, that means you want to stay here on earth. If you want to get saved the kingdom by repenting, being baptized in water, looking for evidence and speaking of tongues, you're teaching a kingdom program. You're not going to be saved. God winked at ignorance back then, but some of us believers out of no better. We need to stop teaching that and teach what the Bible says and our duties of salvation and our mannerism of duties today is the 13 letters of the Apostle Paul, Romans through Philemon. But you must read the whole Bible because some things are in a universal sense that it just applies. That don't mean you're under the law. You should not kill. You should not steal. That don't mean you're under the law. Those things are part of something you shouldn't be doing. That don't mean you're under the law. Okay? I'm not going to get no more further than that. Until next time, this is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Peace out. Love you all. Sorry to keep you time this long, but I just want to get that out there. Okay? God bless you all. Peace out. Bye-bye. Ooh, I just love that the baby's laugh. Bye-bye. Peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.